And welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily. Our pleasure to be joined by the great Andrew Barry, our general manager. And AB, I think we'll start here. Uh, is th- how is this the most difficult interview you've ever done in the face of these hoodies? Which I know the envy that you have that you don't have one of these yet. I am very, very jealous. That I don't have a Cleveland Browns Daily Radio Show hoodie. Uh, where can I get one of those? Do you guys know a guy? Happen to know a guy? These are the three. Okay. Okay. I mean, just saying. So I just want to get <laughs> that out of the way. Just want to get that out of the way. I knew it was going to be tough. Uh, here we are, man. Uh, away we go. This is, I think for a lot of us, it's like, okay, here we go. Start of the league. But it's, you guys have been doing this work forever now that this is when this stuff really gets going. For you as you come back to this thing, what's, what's most important as you walk in here? Um, what are, what's your agenda look like here over the rest of the week? Yeah, so it's, it's definitely a, a very busy week. Um, it actually starts off with a number of, um, I would say, non-team affiliate business, more league business with uh, different you know, committee meetings that we're on, uh, spent most of the day actually in uh, league committee meetings. But then from there, it's really two-pronged. You know, number one, um, you know, it's really the first time that we have kind of our first look at the upcoming draft class. We've done a lot of scouting and research and, and, and obviously, you know, hit the all-star game circuit. But it gives us an opportunity to, um, you know, really spend some time with these individuals face-to-face, in person, um, which is really good. And then there's a fair amount of, of business that, um, you know, we have to take care of with our own roster um, before the start of the league year. So we'll meet with um, a lot of the representation from, from guys on our own roster and, 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 and have those, um, you know, crucial and important conversations. Speaking of our own roster, you got to get under the salary cap by the start of the league year. Today it was reported the Browns would be releasing John Johnson the third. My guess would be post June first designation to save some of that money. What was kind of the decision making there, and and how did we kind of come to this point? Yeah, you know, I think at this point um, there's there's really no certainty in terms of um, how uh, that 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 resolution will be reached. To be honest, Nate, um, but we did um, you know have discussions with with John and his representation and. Um, really appreciative of all the the work that he's done over the past two years for us on the field and, and certainly in the locker room. But as we think about 2023 and moving forward, um, we just thought that um, you know that a parting was probably the, the the best thing for the team. So that creates a hole in the back end of, of this defense. Is this something you know when you look at it with you know Jim Schwartz going to play a little bit more single high than perhaps we've seen in the past? Are you looking for more of a true center fielder to complement Grant? You know, really to to be determined to be honest. Like uh, you know, I think this was. Um, you know, certainly partly in conjunction with scheme, but it wasn't all necessarily all driven by that. And without going into the particulars, I think how we look on that side of the ball, um, you know, could could take a, a bunch of a different, um, I guess, appearances going into 2023, sure. depending on um, how things shake out the next several weeks. As, with, again, without the specifics, because I know you're not going to give them anyway, right? <laughs> nor would we want to ask them at this point to make them public. But just big pictures, as, as you look at, at a, let's say it's a wall, what, how many contingencies are there for you at positions? What, what does that look like? Yeah, it, you know, it's probably hard to give a, a firm number, but I'll suffice it to say a fair amount. Um, I think probably 2020 uh, was maybe the only off season where a lot of the, call it plan A or original plan, you know, came to fruition. Um, oftentimes the next six, seven months, they take a lot of different twists and turns. So, uh, we certainly do have a, uh, a preferred approach as we, you know, enter the month of March and certainly uh, the 2023 league year, um, but oftentimes it changes. So our big thing is we want to make sure that we stay flexible and we stay opportunistic um, as opposed to so rigid that we can't adjust to either unexpected opportunity, good opportunities or um, 
you know, perhaps unexpected things that we hope didn't occur. So we've just got to be able to stay loose and flexible. We talked about the salary cap earlier and, and kind of his planning for that. You know, right now some people, oh, the Browns don't have any money. Just explain to people the the mechanisms you guys have at your disposal between now and the, the start of the league year to free up space and then to be able to make some of the moves that I'm sure you are hoping to make when free agency opens. Well, how about this? I will guarantee that we will be under the salary cap before uh, the start of the 2023 <laughs> league year. Um, the, the, quite honestly, I think um, that's that's oftentimes a, a, a maybe a difficult thing to, to fully – um, appreciate within you know within public spaces. I think number one because um, you know most teams at this point there's a little bit of a disassociation between how you manage the cap and how you actually manage your cash going into the league year because the cap is really just an accounting mechanism for how you're going to spend on the roster or spend on the team. Um, within you know the cap accounting rules, there are a number of ways to create space. You know whether it's um, you know a, a cut releasing a player whether it's trading a player whether it's restructuring a deal whether it's negotiating a, a you know a real extension so there are a number of tools at um, you know at the disposal of, of NFL teams to create room um, but you don't do any of these any of these moves in a vacuum sure. um, you know you think about it number one holistically with the roster in the present year uh, but then you know secondarily it's it's really kind of at least we look at it over uh, you know a multi-year sp- uh, multi-year span when we, you know when we plan and as I mentioned a little bit earlier you know our big thing is maintaining flexibility um, from year to year and, and that'll that'll continue to be our approach. AB, from a if, if you think of the off season as a as a pie chart, what percentage of that chart is this week in Indy on a prospect level, and then of that percentage, how do you weigh workout, individual meetings, medicals, the importance there? I'd say this week is like maybe maybe upwards of five percent and um probably in most prospects case maybe two to three yeah. percent and and the ones that maybe fall in the five percent category are the ones that may have um you know significant medical issues that that need to be discussed or, or further or further vetted um you know really the work that we've done for you know at this point the past call it 10 months on this draft class you know weighs more heavily than anything that they would do here um the medical information is something that you don't get till till you know, really this, this week, um, the, you know, interpersonal touch points are, are important, but even then you only get limited time. Um, and we'll oftentimes wait the people who have been with them at their universities for three, four five years, um, outside of maybe a 20 minute exposure that we get in Indianapolis. But those touch points are important. They gear how much additional time we want to spend throughout the spring process. And then it's always good to see the, you know, see their, um, you know, their physical characteristics in a, in a, um, uh, a controlled environment, um, but at the end of the day, those are those are very small pieces of the puzzle. And it's a it's a puzzle that involves free agency, and it's going to involve draft in terms of the roster construction puzzle. We have a lot of free agents. Take the linebacker position, for example. A lot of guys who played for you last year. We had so many injuries, but many of them are going to be free agents. Do you expect to kind of shore up anything prior to the start of the league year and solidify some people that have been here, bringing them back? Or is that something that you're kind of, we'll see how it all unfolds once we get there? Yeah, honestly, it's yet to be determined. And that's not to say that, um, you know, there aren't a number of individuals that we'd like to return to to Cleveland, but um, the timing of that is really individual specific. Um, You know, I think we'll have a number of, of, of our players, um, you know, that will hit the free agent market and um, the market dynamics will determine whether they return or not. Um, But, you know, one thing, 
one thing that I've learned over the past couple of years is it really is a, a bit of a marathon in the offseason, not a sprint. Like everything doesn't happen in sure. uh, the first couple of days of free agency, whether it's retaining your own guys or signing other players or um, filling different roster needs. One of the uh, obviously most helpful things for this offseason is you're going to get a full offseason with Deshaun Watson. He's going to full training camp. He's going to get a full season, all of those things. As you look back on that, the chaos of all of that, mm-hmm. of camp, going to 11, all of that stuff, and then the return, how, where does your mind go? Where's your perspective on what that process was like and how, how we handled it as an organization? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly a lot, but, I mean, look, every organization is going to go through adversity. Every, every organization is going to go through um, challenging times at points in the year, um, and really our job is, as professionals is to navigate them. Um, and, and, and obviously for us, like, you know, really as we, like, reflect on the entirety of the season, um, you know, our results weren't good enough. Um, but we're certainly, you know, energized by the challenges of, you know, improving the team, improving the organization, and making sure that, you know, when we're here a year from now, we're a lot happier with the results from the season. This is going to be your fourth draft in this time with the Cleveland Browns, your fourth off season, fourth free agency period. You know, your first class that you drafted is they're going to be their seniors now, right? They're going in the final year of those rookie deals. What's kind of been the biggest thing that you've learned or what's maybe changed the most in your approach, if anything, about, you know, that you've gained from those past few years' experiences? I think it's really just, honestly, patience. Uh, patience and flexibility. Those would be the two two biggest things. Um, you know, I think early on I used to um, worry more about things that, like I couldn't control or we couldn't control as an organization. And just the reality of it is like whenever the league year opens, um, it's really a seven, seven and a half month time frame until you get to the trade deadline and you can no longer make changes with your significant changes sure. with your roster. Um, and the number of, um, you know, doors that will open and quite honestly doors that, that may shut that you don't expect that happened during that time period, you can't predict. And, um, you know, staying flexible is key. Speaking of that flexibility, you guys have been, I wouldn't say rigid, but it, it's clear that you have an age preference for people that you like to draft. Mm-hmm. With, you know, guys like Miles and Denzel and Nick, and now you have Deshaun kind of in their primes. And given that the COVID year has caused this draft class to have probably more older 23-year-olds in the top 100, does that change your approach in, in thinking about that age number at all? I'd say not in particular. And I, I, I think, you know, maybe there's uh, – uh, Maybe the age preferences are a bit overstated. Um, look, we'll we'll deal with each prospect or each individual based on their based on their individual circumstances. You know, I don't know that um, you know age necessarily equals readiness coming into the sure. NFL. Just like youth doesn't necessarily mean that the player potential. Yeah, potential. So um, you know, we really try to address it on a case by case basis. Ab, how do you balance? I mean, it, Z mentioned like you know this is. You have fourth draft kids going into be final final year rookie contracts. Everybody you draft, you love, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't have drafted them. Mm-hmm. How do you balance uh, what you saw in someone as a prospect and versus maybe some of the difficulties they've had on the field? This business has been as we get it, but there's a personal side of it too. How do you balance that personally? Yeah, I, I think it's probably no different than any. Other, I, I mean, it may sound silly, but it's no different than any other um, position in the organization. Obviously, when you bring someone in you'd like to be able to support them to have as much success as possible. But, um, you know, the reality, particularly with the draft, um, you know, on average, I think there are roughly maybe 47 starters that come out of, uh, you know, 250, you know, person draft. So it's, it's actually a very 
small subset of the draft. And I think you kind of understand, you know, doing it, uh, you kind of understand what to expect going in. Um, and, and you realize that, that, that not every, not every player is going to reach his, his potential. Not every player is going to stay healthy. Um, and then sometimes not even every player will just reach his potential with you. Um, yeah. and that's just kind of a, a reality of the reality of business. And, um, you do your best at the end of the day, you want to make decisions that are best for the organization. And you can do that while still treating and managing people with, um, you know, a level of empathy and support that is fair to the individual. And that's what we try and do. Yeah. As you're here and you're not going to tell us, but I think, I think it's, you know, from the outside, it's somewhat obvious some of the things that we need, right, mm-hmm. going into this off season. How do you kind of divvy up that focus in terms of on the defensive line and working with a new defensive coordinator now in Jim Schwartz and kind of figuring out, and you guys have history together, but figuring out what that looks like, you know, because it's a minor shift. This is the first time you had a new defensive coordinator with a little bit of a different defensive style. How do you kind of focus in on honing in on what we want for this now and kind of to build this team where, you know, we've had veterans in the past. Now we're counting either young guys to step up or step in, and then we still have free agency to fill in some veterans. But how does that that kind of new marriage work and change kind of the outlook, if at all? I don't, I don't think the process is that different. I mean, we, you always want to make sure that you partner with the coaching staff if you're, if you're a front office, um, you know, front office member. Um, I think having familiarity with Jim – and quite honestly, being in um, similar to systems to what Jim has done, mm-hmm. you know, during my time in Indianapolis, uh, certainly helps. But you know, I, I know I know Jim very well from you know from our time in Philly. Um, but even if even if we didn't necessarily have a working history together, um, you you know, I, I've always kind of come up in the model where the front office partners with the coaching staff, and um, you ultimately try and marry players and skill sets with the philosophy of the coordinators. The, you, you mentioned Jim Bubba as well uh, coming in, and a bunch of bunch of changes to the staff. Um, what person? Were, were there certain traits that you guys? Were, and obviously, it's Kevin staff. But in terms, it's the Brown staff. Did you certain traits you were looking for in filling those positions? Were, were there any things you, we need a little bit more of this? Yeah, I think I think it's you know I think number one, it's probably more appropriate to ask you know sure. Kevin about it. But you know from 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 my perspective. Um, you know, we had the opportunity to, to, to add two very talented coordinators um, and a number of other talented position coaches. Um, I think that um, certainly like with Bubba in particular, former player perspective, proven track record, really good teacher, um, you know, passionate, fiery personality. Um, I think those are all, think those are all positives. And, um, you know, with Jim, um, I think he's called over like 400 NFL games, either <laughs> as like a head coach or a defensive coordinator, super smart. Um, been a variety of places, former head coach. Um, again, another another experienced guy with a proven track record, and you know, I think both those individuals can make our organization better. One thing about his defense, it's always had a pro bowl or all-pro defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. We've got guys here that you've drafted, Jordan Elliott, Perry on shown, I think some flashes certainly over the second half of that season. How important is it to find that real interior disruptor? And, you know, Deron Payne was a guy we all saw, like, oh, he'd be great. Well, they franchised him today. Um, how how important is that? Yeah, I, I think people oftentimes want to put Jim in a box, um, and I wouldn't necessarily that say that, that that's the case. Um, you know, certainly everybody would love that player, um, but but Jim is is perhaps not as um, as rigid or dogmatic as maybe people assume. All right, this one is, and this is a serious one. Are you finding it this year harder to trade with people after what you did in the Amari Cooper trade? Because <laughs> I would imagine that when you do something like that, people are like, 
oh, he's into this? Maybe I'm not as into this. So we run into this in fantasy football we all the run, time, yeah. right? Like people you are like, you fleece you me. Trade with Segura. Yeah, you're not, they don't want to trade with you anymore. <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll, we'll, we'll see as, a, as we get into uh, you know this week and uh, the upcoming offseason. But I, I think we're um, fortunate to be in a transactional league um, where people are more willing to, to be flexible with their with their roster. So we'll see. Well, you've got to be nimble. And I yeah, think that's yeah. one thing yeah. you've done that's very, you know, you when opportunity presents, you've got to be ready to act, and it feels like uh, you guys as a front office are always ready yeah. for that, and that's got to be such a huge part of the job. No, it, it, it's, 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 it's needed. It's, it's needed, and, um, and particularly in um, you know, the current environment that the NFL is in with it being a more transactional sport. So um, it's certainly something that we pride ourselves on, and, and hopefully we can pounce on opportunities this year as well. Yeah, that goes back to what you're saying about having the flexibility with the cap and to be able to – Oh, we want this guy. We can go get him. That's exactly right. Is this a fun time of year for you, or is it a stressful time? Or both? Oh, it's, it's both. It's both, but probably more fun than stressful. Yeah. You yeah. get to go out there. We'll do some great things, get this roster going, and excited for a, another season here, and hopefully one, as you said, that meets the expectations yeah. of a team that has a chance, I think, to be very, very good. Yeah. Appreciate you guys. Amy, right. thanks for your time. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Bo. Thanks, right. Nate. Much more to come. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.